0: Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique and meaningful. I pray that you will find this all of those through this program. We're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion@gmail.com at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share some exciting news and and announcements. And also, please feel free to share this with people who you know will also find it of interest. So today, we're going to do something that we've never done before. and And we've never done it before on a variety of levels. If you followed Inspiration from Zion, you'll know We do some things that are very out of the box. I would say that this is probably among the most out of the box conversations we're ever going to have. We're going, this will be a very deep and intense conversation today. Going to be very honest. And we're doing something that we've never done before in the sense that it's all anonymous because of the topic and because of the world politics in which we live. We're only going to be referring to our guest as our sister. We'll go everywhere we can but some topics may have to be skipped over because it's not safe or smart to discuss them here, even anonymously. I'll leave that for our sister to help me navigate. We won't avoid things that are uncomfortable. And indeed, this may be a program that's not suitable for children, but we may avoid things because of safety. But to be a thousand percent clear, nothing we're discussing today is political. It's a humanitarian conversation about how Jews and Christians are coming together to help Pakistanis in need, specifically Christians and specifically women and children. One other thing that's unique in this conversation that I don't think we've ever done before in one of the Inspiration from Zion programs is we have never gone into a program with a specific objective to ask our, our listeners and followers to donate money. This is different. There's a humanitarian crisis before us, and as the Genesis 123 Foundation, we Foundation, we've taken a commitment to do our best, Jews and Christians together, to help Pakistanis who are in the need the most. And we want you to sh- understand the situation. We want you to understand the needs, and we want to understand how we've already been able to be helped thanks to people like you, but also to give you an opportunity to participate and donate. And in fact, relating to that, so I don't forget, just yesterday I was speaking with somebody who is a, is very close to Genesis 123 foundation. And I was explaining that today we were going to be having this conversation about how we're helping, uh, provide aid and relief in Pakistan. And we were offered a $1,000 matching donation, which means when you make your donation up to the first thousand dollars, that is going to be matched. So I really want to encourage you today, right now, pause the conversation or or make a note, go to genesis123.co or use the link to the unique donor page that's in the notes of this program and give generously. And please be sure to note that if you don't use the direct link that your gift is earmarked for Pakistani relief. So now something we've never done before and I'm really so excited To have this conversation. I wish I could refer to you by name, but we're not doing that. So, dear sister, welcome from Pakistan. It's a delight to have you and be speaking to you from the Judean Mountains. Can you please give an overview first of what's been happening in Pakistan the last number of weeks and who's suffering the most? What's the impact?
1: Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's been a great pleasure and honor to be part of your great cause and work. And I'm so honored to know you all from Israel. And and mostly the thing is that most of the Jewish are with Christians. And that is the most wonderful thing. Thank you so, so much. I will share with you here things are getting disaster at the moment. The disaster is beyond imaginations. Pakistan is facing the history's biggest flooding ever seen or recorded. Government is saying it's been the climate which has caused it, but more than thirty-three million people—it's not like thirty-three thousand—but more than thirty-three million people who have been affected badly. While sleeping, they lost their children, their kettles, their homes. Every single thing has been washed away. Their dreams, their hopes, has been vanished away. Every single thing is gone. And what is left is only the tears behind. Our nation is facing 45% of crops being disappeared because of this whole great panic of what you call it, uh, flooding, which we have been seeing in our nation at the moment.
0: 45%?
1: 4-5? Yeah, 45% wow. of the crops the harvest has been destroyed, which comes from Balochistan, Sen, Kheba Bhaktum Khan, South Punjab. So it's been a disaster. Our country is facing at the moment the risk of lesser food and they are now asking other nations like they have to import from Iran and Afghanistan as well. Before that, we were having the biggest crisis in our nation that we were going through uh, economic economical crisis as well but praise god somehow it was able to get out of that then electric crisis been still but then the third thing came which is the biggest biggest ever flooding and it has been destroyed 45 percent of crops 33 million people totally totally disturbed and they, every single thing has been lost Houses have been vanished. Schools have been destroyed and vanished away with the water. Uh, more than 168 bridges, they are saying, which has been gone.
0: 168 they, bridges flooded out.
1: Yeah, 168 bridges or more than that, they are saying, in the news is that have been broken and they have to repair it. And because of that, most of the people are not able to go through such places. So government is going into these areas by helicopters and taking these people out. And these people are staying in the motorways. Like, you know, we have big motorway areas and they are on the motorway area. So we or you, anyone who is going as an organization are meeting these people there because the main areas are only water. One third of Pakistan is underwater.
0: So and one third of Pakistan is underwater and 33 million people have to be moved or, 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 or transported or, or provided new resources in the places that they're still able to exist.
1: That's true. And on top of that, all is that the young girls does not have clothes. Many, many evil people have been taking advantage of that. If you see Pakistani reports, someone raped a girl in an auto rickshaw just to give them some supply, taking advantage of these girls, trying to trap them, which is horrible. They don't have a shame. They don't have a fear of God that this is the time when they need support, help and care. We are really hoping to help these people, mostly these women and girls who are into this woman monthly cycling as well. So we can provide them the hygiene stuff for them.
0: Right. I'd like to come back to women and uh, girls and women, uh, in a minute. But I, before we move on, I want to just underscore two things. For, uh, first of all, to share that anyone listening, you can Google and go online and just find in a number of videos of this, of the horrors that people are suffering there. Uh, we've, we've posted several of them to the uh, Genesis 123 Foundation YouTube page. So people like to go and watch and see their news reports and, and horrible, horrible scenes. And one of them you, you mentioned, sister, about, uh, people losing their houses. You actually, it, when, when you speak about it from a Western perspective, it's very hard to understand. But when you watch the videos and you see literally a house being flooded away, it's something that it's very hard. It, 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 it's very hard to imagine, but th- those things. Are happening. Uh, the bridges, obviously, you mentioned, are critical because that's leaving people isolated from receiving relief and from escape of flooded areas. And the crops—I didn't—I I knew the crops were being were, were being destroyed. I knew. I know it's a whole wide variety of crops. But when you talk about forty-five percent, it's nearly half, and it also means not only are crops lost for this season. But it will be another year, at least, before people are able, at best, to be able to replant. And that means that we're looking at a humanitarian crisis regarding crops and food that's going to continue through 2023.
1: That's true. And if you see the disaster map also, it's telling you, like, in India, Indian Ocean had a tsunami. In 2004, which cost like which made people displaced 1.7 million, and then we see oh. it was uh, in Kashmir earthquake 3.5 million. Then we see in Nigeria it was 2.25. Then it's written like hidden earthquakes made it like 2.8. It's all around the world, but this crunt like 2022. Pakistan flood has made 33 million people. It's Thank been you. like horrible. I can uh, share a picture later on with you as well.
0: Go ahead.
1: I can share it with you. So you can see the disaster picture, which is clearly showing what is the number of people which have been in past. In the history, no one has been facing this type of disaster in histories. Like thirty-three million is the first time ever, which has been in Pakistan.
0: Yeah, wow. No, thank you. Um, I, I'm imagining the Second World War, where many people were refugees, but there, but but they, but those who were able to survive. There was war. There was there was. Um, uh, disease they were able to go back by and large to their homes you're talking about people who don't have homes to go back to a third of the country um i it tell me if i if i'm correct or maybe update the numbers i had read most recently that that about 1500 people have died including about 500 children is that still an accurate number
1: uh, it's not an accurate because people are not telling it true because then it will be a great panic. Because if you can see clearly, 33 million, it's not a joke. 33 million people have been affected. Their homes are not made like yours or mine because they have homes made of mud. You know, these people don't make houses of like pure semen because these people are very poor in villages for them making concrete houses is really a big deal so their houses comparing to our houses are lesser stronger so that's why when uh, earthquake comes or a flood comes it totally uh, washed away or it is totally uh, broken down or like vanished because their houses are not strong. So how come we can say it's just 1,500 or 1,300? 1, the numbers what people are telling us are more than two, 3,000 who have died. But the news is, are not telling that. There are plenty of women, the numbers are just telling 75,000 women are pregnant who are just going to give birth this month. And two days ago, a woman who was pregnant lost her life and baby in her womb because she could not get the facilities mm. of giving a safe birth or was not able to be taken because of the broken roads and the bridges to the hospital. So she couldn't survive and she passed away, the baby mm. and mother both. So this is all happening. I have got many calls by people telling us that there were almost 10 children Five in one village, three in one and two in one. Recently, three days or two days ago, they passed away because they have been drinking the same dirty water from the flooding. So it's really hard for me to even think that I will drink a water which is from flooding. They don't even have clean water and they are still living in that water which is causing malaria, dengue and that is causing their deaths as well. And on top of that, also, they are having a lot, a lot of skin diseases, uh, which so, is killing them each day. So the number of deaths and injuries are, I think, so beyond.
0: Right. You know, I'm I'm glad you're saying this again. It's very hard. Most of the people who listen to us uh, are, are in the West and it's very hard to to grasp what you're speaking about the physical magnitude, the flooding. You know, uh, if you think about flooding in the West, you think of lots of rain and a river going over its banks, uh, maybe a dam breaking. But this is a third of the country. It's very, and when we were speaking previously, uh we spoke about the need for mosquito netting. And I understood immediately, you know, anyone who knows mosquitoes, knows that mosquitoes are an annoyance and they'll bite you and they'll leave you itchy but the truth is the problem with mosquitoes is they transport disease malaria and that's deadly in general and it's specifically deadly in a place like pakistan now where there's not the access to medical care and the country is as devastated as it is and you've mentioned all these other diseases now correct i'm not i'm not a doctor i don't know if you have a medical background but if it makes sense to me that even if the flooding stops, we're going to still see, and you're entering winter time, there there's still going to be months and months of disease, potentially. Is that not correct?
1: That is true, because in our nation, within 15 to 20 days, we are, we already have been going towards winter, and within 15 days to 20 days, we will be into proper winter, and we live in a uh, area which is a normal weather we don't get too cold or too hot our, our city gets almost like you can say minus 3 not more than that but these places where the uh, flooding has been it gets minus 10 also so, so minus these people...
0: 10 in, in, we're talking about for people in the west who 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 don't use uh, celsius we're talking about uh, we're talking about 20 10, 10 or 20 degrees fahrenheit that's true so i i want i i neglected to tell you before we began to record that we're going to take a break during the program where where we're going to insert some uh some announcements so i'm going to do that now we're going to take a break just for a few seconds but then i want to come back and i want to speak to you from a a little bit from a spiritual perspective and then and then see what we can do but just let's take a, a break for a moment When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis, interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit, or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real. Just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay. So, you know, we're not seeing each other having this conversation. I feel. At- Every time you speak and every time I process the, 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 the severity of what's going on, I have tears in my eyes. And I, and I want to help. I want to embrace. I want us as Jews and Christians. You know, I'm sitting here drinking a glass of water, realizing how privileged I am to have a clean glass of drinking water. And you just mentioned that there are people who are drinking the same filthy water because that's all they have. But I want to speak to you for a moment. As you as a Christian woman, you, you mentioned something that actually that I have to disagree with. You talked about, uh, this being the most severe flood in the, in recorded history. We have one flood that was worse. God, God flooded the world in Genesis and, and, and then he made a covenant that he would never do that again. And yet much of your world is still flooded. Do you look, I want to ask you as a Christian, Do you look at the situation that you're facing now, that you're living through now, that you see your country living through now at all similar to the biblical flood? And how does that impact your faith?
1: That's 100% true. But the thing is that when we see about Genesis, how God flooded over whole the world, they were the sins of the humans. And it made him angry. And later on, when God saw that, What is being a great disaster after that? He made a promise, a covenant that this will never happen again. But it's the same things. I don't want to be judgmental because I'm a human, and I'm not here to judge any person as well. No, no. Because we we are really thankful that we have a home, we have a like a shelter over our heads. We are drinking clean water. If we get fever we can get medicine but comparing towards going back to the flooding in Pakistan many people are saying oh they were sinners they were doing a lot of sin God make it angry but I would really say it's a job and work of God and these people so we as humans should come together sometimes we see like we are so quick and fast to judge people that oh they were sinners God wanted to kill them and. Everywhere in our nation, people are saying that, oh, if they were Christians or they were Muslims or they were Hindus, whatever the religion it is. But it is not about judging them at the moment. It is how can we help them and take them out of this various situation because their children are dying. A person lost his 1,000 cattle. And in the videos, what we have been getting, he's trying to suicide. Every single thing gone, even his business, all has been gone. So one,
0: wait, it's, I, it's, I just want to pause for a minute. One thousand cattle, yeah.
1: Yeah, one thousand cattle. His business so, was that.
0: People, people in people in Texas need to hear that and try to imagine what would happen. You, know, Texas has has had a couple of uh, hurricanes go through, but nothing. Nothing like you're talking about. I, I I pray that people in Texas and other places in the West, in the West where people raise cattle to imagine the impact of losing a thousand cattle. That's crazy. What else? Yeah. What else?
1: Well, that is true. And, you know, I really feel that this is a great opportunity for us as Christians and Jewish and believers that what is happening at the moment in Pakistan. There are many non-believers, many are believers who are facing this. But we have a great advantage and opportunity by God to bring them to God because he never judges us like as humans we do. We tell, oh, you are a sinner, you do that. But he does not do that. He wants us to change and come back to him. He wants us to repent and he is still forgiving. He is able to forgive and wash away our sins so i really will say this is a time to bring them to god to bring them to christ to bring them to see your lord is listening to you whatever has been happened he's able to help let's rebuild them again if they have lost something whatever we can do we are here to do with you
0: you know i want to share with you that's so beautiful and what you said and how you said it and i want to share with you and all our listeners I had intended it this season as we begin Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, the high holidays, the ten, the 10 days of repentance, the most holy and solemn season uh, in, on the Jewish calendar. The message I was going to bring in an Orthodox rabbi to, to speak about a message of repentance and God being forgiving. And I think you just gave that message. He's a loving God. He's a forgiving God. And we don't always understand why things are happening around us um, and, and certainly not the devastation of your country. Um, but but this is an opportunity for all of us, whether we are blessed and privileged to live in a place in Pakistan that has not been flooded or in the West that we can just only begin to imagine the situation um, that we all have our relationship and responsibility through God, and we should never ever let Him down or take uh, take that for granted. Thank you. you. You you just gave the Jewish message that I was hoping to do for the new year. So thank you for that. Let, you, you've been speaking about. Um, you're you're a Christian. Your faith is solid. Um, we've spoken a couple of times before. Um, can you with whatever you're comfortable? I have other. Christian friends there. I've learned over the years um, that it's not easy to be a Christian in Pakistan. And and we're speaking largely to an audience of Christians. Can you give a sense of of what some of the challenges are just being a Christian in Pakistan?
1: Honestly, it's very, very hard to be a Christian in a nation where you are always judged for your faith. And mostly people like We are not here. I'm not judging these people also because there are so many people who are really great. For them, religion doesn't matter if they are Muslims or or not. They are really good people as well. But some people in majority, you can say, really judges you and they are always offering you to deny from your faith, which makes it more harder for those people who are very less privileged, who don't have uh, one-time food also. It's like, it's really hard for people to hear the gospel of God who loves them when they are hungry, dirty, or no place to stay or live as well. And their children are dying. So I hope it makes sense to you. When well, these people come to them, sorry.
0: No, no, go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. I do have a question, but go ahead.
1: So the thing is that when you're hungry, you are poor, you don't have anything and anyone comes to you and offers you something in a place when you don't know Christ properly. Because most of the Christians are not sending their children to school. They, many people I do have seen in villages who are under slavery, they make bricks and they work. And these people have four children, five children, eight children. From the age of three, four, they start sending their children to make bricks to just even earn one dollar also so the thing is that when these people are not educated they don't have the education how they will read the word of god sometimes i do believe if you have torah in your hand if you have bible in your hand or if you have your any holy book of any religion you can read it god is opening your mind without Genesis. New Testament would have never happened. Correct. So the thing is that if they don't know Genesis, they don't know the New Testament, what will happen? These people will come, they will tell, they will invite, and their needs will be greater on them.
0: So they have, they have the faith, but they don't have the knowledge, and they live in a circumstance where their th- i i don't i'm I'm going to use the word threatened i you're that's not your word it's mine, but threatened by the larger Islamic society to deny their faith or as you you the word you used was given the opportunity to deny their faith, and they don't know better and they're trying to put they're trying to live and and as you said they put their children have to put their children to work essentially as slaves from very very young ages um Is that a problem that's specifically among Christians or is it a problem in Pakistan in general?
1: It is a problem from ages here. I know I got a family contacting us and they told us that back through 40 years ago, they took a loan from a Britain factory, which was 5,000 PKR, which is almost like $30 at the moment. 5000 or 7000 like almost 30 40 they took that time which has made it 5 to 6 lakh tips now which is 3 to 4000 american dollars from 40000 generation to generations wow. have never been able to pay it back then the main issue is that if they have beautiful daughters they will be taken by others because they don't know what is their religion. I do believe Christianity is not a religion. It is a faith. It is a belief. Who believes in Christ is uh-huh. being called as okay. Christians. Good. I because like we we were called by Paul. St. Paul said that who believes in Christ are brothers and sisters in Christ. So Christianity is not a religion that people think that, oh, It's a religion, it is a faith, it is a belief, and it is a relationship with Christ. If we go about the faith and that all thing, then Jesus was a Jewish. Correct. So it is not about faith. It is not about who you are, who you are not. It is about humanity. It is about who you are. God is not going to judge you. Oh. If you are a Jewish and you are doing wrong, or if you are a Christian, you are doing wrong, or if you are any religion, you are doing wrong. He will judge you for what you have done. We are accountable for what we do, but we cannot blame it that God told us. But why we don't focus over that thing, what God has commanded us? Is that most difficult? Or is that most difficult that we should put it what we think? So for people, it's not what, God has given them, but it's easy for them. What human is telling them because yeah. no religion, if it's Islam or if it's Hinduism or if it's Christianity, or if it's Judaism is not telling you to do wrong, no prophet is telling wrong. No prophet is telling to harm. It is our human mentality who thinks and do it.
0: Again, perfect. It like- that's, a per- that's a perfect message for this season. Coming from a Christian sister in in Pakistan, I hope many of my Jewish friends are listening and inspired.
1: You know, I really love how God in Genesis was getting angry. And then Moses was always there to defend. And he was listening. (laughs) It is amazing. His relationship is amazing. You know, I have been hearing many people telling me that. Oh, Jesus was killed by Jewish? No, it is not. No one can kill the son of God. No one. It was the plan of God to sacrifice his son. And even he on the cross himself said, God, Father, they don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. So why are we stuck in the same thing? We have nothing to do with any religion. If it's Jewish, Muslims, Christians, Hindus, we are here to spread love of God. We are here to show humanity because he will only judge us on our acts, on our faith, on our beliefs. It's the same God who came to Abraham by himself, asking and telling him that what am I going to do? And he is telling him that 50, 40, even 10. And he's saying, "Okay, for you, I will do that so he's the same god if you me will ask he will do it but do we really have that faith in us that's why he's been called the father of faith today we are into our problems we are more judgmental we are more judging we are pointing people but we don't see what is the problem what we what the people are going through so i think so the situation today is to understand what they are living in same times what is the flood situation here, yeah. what they are living, what is causing them well, everywhere. There are so many people who have been asked their daughters to sleep with us and then you will get something. So
0: I, I think you're right. I want to I pick up on something you just said after a break in a moment, but I just want to, I want to uh, underscore something that obviously it's very hard. I don't know. I, it would be from my perspective, superhuman, for most of the 33 million people in Pakistan who are impacted by the flood now, flooding, and and disease, to really be able to take the time at this stage—it's still very recent—to have the introspection and 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 use this as a growth opportunity and to get closer to God, um, we we have in Judaism a tradition that after the immediate after death of a loved one. Uh, you're, you're even allowed to be angry at God and, um, and, and not suspend your relationship with him, but, uh, but God understands that we're just human. So I do pray that as a, that that as some kind of positive outcome of this and that that should be soon, but it seems like it will be months, if not years away for many people, that people will come close to God, that, that those who have a relationship with God will strengthen that relationship. And those who do not yet have a relationship to God, and through the work of good Christians like you, who are there, and and things that we are able to help to to, to do to support that, that people will come to God. That's very very important. Let me let me take a break. I want to ask you to comment on that, but then I want to begin to wrap up our conversation about what are the needs and how how we can help. But we're going to take a break for a moment again. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment. To invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean Mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at Genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's Genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Okay, so I just I just left the conversation a moment ago, it, on on kind of a spiritual level. Um, before I go in to talk more about specifically. Uh, what are the needs and what's happening there? And I want to speak about the situation of women and girls. Um, what are, what, what are, you, what are you seeing? I, I, I made a very broad, maybe even naive pers, uh, position from the West sitting here thinking that maybe people will come close to God. But how, ha- how do you see that happening on the ground there?
1: And the flood areas at the moment? Yes. Yeah, at the moment their faith is like unbalanced. They are thinking, why God? Why us? Why it happened? Because it's really hard to even think or imagine while you are sleeping and flood suddenly comes. And when you woke up, you don't find your children. You don't find your wife. You don't find anything there, which is really even hard to say. It It is like, when you see these images, videos, it makes you cry. It makes you heartbroken. It, it really makes a question that why. So they are facing that thing at the moment. So saying someone that don't be unfaithful or so, because the thing is that at the moment, it's not only the need of prayers. Or you cannot just say them and go there and tell them, have faith. Because they have lost every single thing. It is a time to show, act as well. Because, you know, Bible clearly tells, we have to feed them physically and spiritually as well. The same thing is that when they are hungry, they have hunger. Their children are dying. They don't have clothes over them. Their women are pregnant, losing their children in their wombs as well. So it's it's really hard. It is a time of acting. It is a time to reaching them, and we are hoping to take Bibles with us also uh, to give away them, because they don't have Bibles. They also children to have ca- uh, uh, coloring picture Bibles also, so they can be more towards God.
0: Um, that's amazing, and I want to come back to that when we re- when we really wrap up the conversation but i you, you've made two or three comments and i kind of stopped you at the outset when you were talking about specific needs for women and girls uh, and even if you repeat yourself uh you sh- did you share you somebody share oh you i think it was you when we were talking about women not having proper clothing what what again I, no no one listening to this can imagine what you're going through there From a humanitarian perspective, but even from a Western to a Middle Eastern perspective, what what are the challenges that are unique for women and girls at the moment there?
1: It's really hard because in our nation, mostly people see women as a sexual object. Mostly uneducated people, they don't want to educate their daughters as well. But if we just go towards the flooding areas at the moment, when you can, like, if you picturize a thing, flood is coming and it's washing away every single thing. No one can get a time to grab up their stuff or grab up their things. You know, when we go back to Genesis, when God was going to destroy uh, Saddam and Gomorrah, he tell Luth to take your belongings. But in this thing, they were not being told. Even Noah was told to take belongings and every single thing when they were getting out. He was building the
0: ark for months and months and months, and and people were watching him, thinking he was crazy. They but they had a chance to repent.
1: So in this thing, they didn't got a chance. One had slipper on, one didn't have slipper on. One is not being found. One is being found. That situation is here at the moment. So in this situation, from last two weeks or three weeks what they are wearing that they are wearing there is no hygiene their clothes are not washed because they don't have any extra thing to wear because they didn't got time to take things out they didn't got time to get sandals or, or anything so their children don't even have sandals in their feet or shoes or socks because how the water is dirty, things are bad. They are still there. Anything is going into their feet. They are bleeding. They are getting infection. Women are wearing the same clothes. And more than that, uh, as a woman, you get monthly cycle, right? And they don't have anything like a feminine stuff there as well. So in this time, they will be embarrassed because in our nation, we cannot talk easily about that thing as a woman for me or any person it's hard living in this nation and telling a man or any person i'm going through my monthly stuff so in this time we don't want them to be embarrassed as well because that is the greatest need for them and their daughters as well to be knowing the hygiene because it is a nature and a nature process as well because a mother They will become a mother because of that as well. So we cannot deny by that part. So we are trying to help them in that way as well.
0: What does that mean to help them in that way as well? By providing hygiene products?
1: Yeah, we will provide them. We are trying to get as much hygiene products for their monthly cycling. Then we are uh, hoping to take clothing as well so they can cover up themselves because their clothes have been toned. Children don't have shoes, six children, a lot of fever issues, no fever medication with them. They don't have tents that the tent neck tents also where they can make their children safe because of malaria and dengue. Then they don't have food. The basic biggest need is food and hygiene as well. Then they don't have fresh and clean water to drink. Which is making children getting into diarrhea and yes. being killed and died. Then they I, don't have. Sorry. I,
0: I want to just go back to what you're saying. I want to dig into all of the needs, and I'm going to ask you if you can to give me to give us an idea of some specific costs. But there's, I want to go back to the issue when I asked about uh, specifically how the challenges are for women and girls. You you began by mentioning. People were only able to save their lives carrying what they could and they couldn't bring other clothes and, and, and they were wearing what they were wearing and maybe one slipper or no slippers. And, and that's horrible for anybody. But why? What, when I ask the question specifically about women, why is that a specific problem for women?
1: It is because, you know, it's a male issue as well. It's not only Pakistan, but it's all around the world. When you see women not wearing proper clothing their clothes have been toned they will try to take advantage which is happening there they are taking their daughters they are taking the women in a side uh, trying to rape them abuse them and killing them
0: so so because Even they're because they're not properly dressed people who are also suffering think that they can be used <laughs> as their sexual object
1: they are taking and targeting them government is doing its part every person is doing their part but we are trying our best to reach out to these people our main target is if we can bless them with one month food because you're going far away and you are not just going for one day food and later on tomorrow they don't have it again we are hoping to bless them with one month supply at least and enough for themselves and their children
0: so give me so so perfect We've just talked about food. You talked about mosquito netting and tents and clothing and Bibles um, as as some of the needs. We, I, I, in an article I wrote, I know especially with winter coming, blankets are important. Okay. Let, let's. I, I want people who are listening. Again, I've never done this as a podcast. It's never meant to be an appeal for funds, but today we're doing it differently. Today we're appealing. We're we're beseeching everyone to participate in some small way. So. So, if your main goal at the moment is to provide a month's supply of food, how much does that cost?
1: If we go plentiful, because they have children also, our goal was to go with at least seventy-five dollars each bag, or hundred dollars. But that will make a lot of money to raise up. But if we hit hundred or seventy-five each boxes, which means they won't have to get any kind of stress about that because in that we will provide them 5 kg of oil or more than that for a one month supply. there should be plentiful flour, lectins and what you call it, all type of purpose flowers as well in that. Then we will give them beans, the dry food as much we can. and mm-hmm. we will put inside the lighters as well. So they, because they are not finding any kind of what you call it uh firewoods, because every single thing is washed away. Uh, wow. The woods are wet, so they don't have anything. So we are trying if we can give them cylind- cylinders to put on fire and cook their food. But we are just thinking on that. Wow, because thought about great. that. Yeah. So they- if you just give them the food, it's not that they can eat it dry only. So, but we will make sure that we make each picture video of what we are putting. If we are saying it will be a seventy-five dollar, so it will be a seventy-five dollar. If we are saying it will be hundred dollar, it will be a hundred dollar because every single penny will directly go towards them, and we are accountable near God as well.
0: Now, you're. I'm glad you said that. We are trusting you. We've been blessed to give you some money so far, and I. I have some more that we're going to be sending. In addition, I have to, let's remind people there's a thousand dollar matching gift. So hopefully people will begin to donate as a result and, and match that, which will give us $2,000. And even if we just use the round numbers, 2000, a hundred divided by 2000, we're helping, we're helping uh, dozens and dozens of families. So we want to do that. But let me, let me go back to a question regarding women. If someone doesn't have seventy-five or hundred dollars to donate, what does it cost to give one girl a, a month supply, two month supply of feminine hygiene products?
1: Uh, you can say a, six, a pack of six pieces is three hundred and something PKR, which is about two dollars.
0: Two dollars for uh, for for a month a, for two two months.
1: Uh, you can say. Uh, a pack has six, uh, eight, uh, 16 pieces inside, which we have already got. And it's
0: $2. Okay. So someone can donate $2 and help one girl, one woman with hygiene yeah. supplies for a month. Um, you, you you, mentioned, well, we were discussing before we began the conversation, uh, the issue of water. And you mentioned water now. Water, you, you can't keep, people can't keep, Drinking dirty water. What about giving? How do you give them clean water and how much does that cost?
1: We have got water bottles, which is costing us, uh, a small pit is costing us 300 PKR, 300. I think so, lesser than $2 and the hygiene pack is also lesser than two, but you can compare it towards two okay. because I don't know, know the exact rate at the moment because dollar is coming up and down so you can say $2. okay
0: so, so $2 but i want people to understand that for something as simple as $2 $3 they can provide water to a family hygiene products for for uh for a girl by the way when you speak about pk uh pkr well, the the currency for those who are not familiar is pakistani rupees so people yeah, it's should Pakistan know that rupees. right now what are you, i i didn't know this until we spoke today that you're also giving bibles that's really important how much yeah, does we it are cost healthy. Go ahead.
1: Bible is about one thousand and fifty PKR.
0: So, and if I do my math correctly, that's about seven, seven or eight dollars.
1: Yeah, like that. I don't know exactly. So it's but if you need a very good page because it is in flooding area and you need it to be from outside, uh, what you call it solid cover also and the pages to be good because I don't understand why they have difference in uh, the material here. Uh, I'm not st- I'm not again judging these people, but I think so Bible should be free here, but which is not at the moment in many areas. We have to go and purchase from uh, the Bible shop and some are selling it out. Uh, they have them like quality wise as well. So it is like, uh, 1050 and
0: 1550
1: also. Thank so they have so two or three qualities.
0: Okay. So uh, again, I want to give people an understanding of what you, you're doing, how we're supporting that, and what it costs. Uh, you know, I think I, I I couldn't begin to put a number on how much could be needed to be raised to support you. I know you set a very, mo- from my perspective, a very modest goal. Of only $25,000. Uh, the truth is, I'd like to give you $100,000. I'd like to give you $500,000. I'd like to give you a $1 million. And that's still only a tiny fraction of what is needed in the whole country. So, so I want people to understand a, a sense of proportion, what the numbers are. Um, before we finish, I mean, is there anything else specifically that you would mention that you're doing to give, to provide to people that you want to know? Or is there anything else that we haven't discussed that's on your heart that that you should share?
1: No, I would really love to give them manji bed as well, like a folding bed, a metal bed. Like they can fold it and open it and sleep it instead of making their children sleep under the floor. And when there is a lot of water on the ground and then a lot of like insects can come and, Bite them, yeah, and that is also making a lot of skin issues to them, and it's poisoning. Also, many children have been bitten by snakes as well. So, when we are giving them tents, I'm hoping to give out a manji bed as well. A manji bed is a folding bed, folding like a steel, so it's not that expensive comparing to a bed, but you can get it easily within 9,000 pkr. Seven thousand, eight thousand. It depends on the quality. Same again. So, so nine, it's like
0: help me. Yeah, how much? How much is that in dollars?
1: I think so. Sixty dollars.
0: Sixty dollars for a bed. Sixty
1: okay. or fifty. Okay. like that. Now, because it's like eight thousand, nine thousand, like that.
0: I just want to emphasize to everyone listening: we're not asking people to give sixty dollars for a bed or seventy-five or a hundred dollars for a month's supply. Of uh, of food or or two dollars for water or feminine hygiene products. We're trying to let people know what's the tangible way that we can help, and we're entrusting you, and we're entrusting others with whom we have a relationship there to to put the put the money where we that we send you to where it's most needed, that it, that it it gets the biggest impact. I, I meant to share this at the outset today. Uh, by the way, and it's fascinating, today, now because we are doing this and because there's publicity about the Genesis 123 Foundation, I've been getting anonymous requests from people I don't know in Pakistan. Uh this this one I I I wrote down, I have to share it. Someone wrote to me from Pakistan, wrote to me, Shalom. I got your page from an American. He told me that you help needy people. I want to say To you that I'm passing from a very critical conditions. There is a great flood in Pakistan. Everything is destroyed. There is no food to eat and no clothes to wear. So I need your help if you can. I am in a great difficulty. Now that's from one person. I don't know this person. I don't know if he's a Muslim, Hindu, Christian. It doesn't matter to me, but I know that we're unable. I can't send money. We can't be in a position of sending money to individuals who we don't know, um, and there—that's a—that's an endless, a bottomless pit. So that's why we're entrusting you, our dear sister, and others who who we know in Pakistan. Um, I want to thank you. I, I thank you for taking the time today, uh, for sharing what your country is going through, for for doing what you're doing as a as a uh, Christian and as a human being with compassion to uh, to to provide some level of relief and comfort um, in a in a situation that seems that that is endless.
1: That's so true. But I'm really really grateful to you and your great foundation that is really coming forward to help. And you know, like you said that we are not here to just ask for money only or just to tell like, give this much dollar or that much dollar. I do believe that every person come together, and if we can just place one penny also, it can make a great difference. Yeah. It's not that if you have to give one thousand only, that is a help, or you have to give two thousand or one million, that will be a help. No, if a small seed with great faith is being given also is can make a great impact and it can be a blessing and it can multiply it to thousands and millions you know we were taking just an estimate because honestly i didn't knew that we will be able to even raise up twenty five thousand also to take three trucks but if we see how much the great need it is there they need tents they need food they need sandals they need medication they need for women who are pregnant they need safe clean kits as well yeah. delivery kits because they cannot use the same cutting crop oh, uh, scissors for them no. and kill their women uh, those children which are not hygiene and it has bacteria over that. So we are hoping if we can provide that as well to them, then mostly clean water is very, very important. Women hygiene, clothes, blankets. It's like a massive, massive need. But in future, if we can rebuild these people's houses, because they are going to still live in the same areas, they are still going to live in the same places. And if they keep on building the houses which are mud made, same thing will keep on keep on right. happening right, so right. the needs are greater and greater, but you that and we, me, we all have a greater god
0: we have i was I you. was just going to say that it's a it, it's it seems unimaginable the the amount of work that's needed and and yet we serve a great God, the greatest the only God and And I think that just gives us the, um, the encouragement that whether it's a penny, actually yesterday we received a donation for $3, which now I understand means so much more than I do, than I did when I saw that the donation had come in. By the way, let us not, let us conclude, especially at this season, but also something that doesn't even cost a penny, doesn't cost a dollar. We need your prayers. Pakistan needs your prayers. So everyone hearing this, please take a moment and pray for Pakistan. We will continue to provide updates. Uh, and, and and through here, inspiration from Zion and the Genesis 123 Foundation on all of our social media and on our email and on our website, genesis123.co. If you're moved to give, and I pray you will, um, please be in touch and we will provide the way to do that. Uh, before, dear sister, thank you. We're sending our prayers. Um, I'm so blessed that we've created this relationship. I wish it weren't under the circumstances, but uh, but I but but I I look forward to the circumstances being behind us, and you and I being a Pakistani Christian woman, and me being an Orthodox Jewish Israeli man can continue um, to have a, a meaningful relationship uh going forward regarding prayer as we wrap up i need to announce and just share with everybody that um this season we've been receiving a lot of prayers from our christian friends all around the world and i just wanted to this week and and next week the next few weeks maybe to share a few of them because uh people are praying for us and i want to read out so jose luis wrote to me uh recently He he writes, may our almighty God continue to bless and protect the people in the land of Israel. As a Christian, I know the Jewish people are God's chosen ones. Never will God let anything happen to the land of Israel. God keeps his promises, amen and shalom. And then Brian wrote, my prayer request is for the protection and prosperity of Israel, the USA and Jews still in the diaspora. My prayers for Israel to have the support of the free world when they protect themselves from a nuclear threat, but also eventually saving the USA and others from the same Iranian nuclear threat as well. My prayer request is the world will see the truth of God's holy nation and God doing his work at much cost for the sake of Israel and others. Shalom. Um, thank you everyone for listening. If you've stayed with us this long, as we always wrap up our conversations, we say in a kind of funny way, but it's for real, you deserve a reward. Uh, although I say programs like this are their own reward. Uh, this year, the Genesis 123 Foundation began offering a special gift every month. We call it a, a volume from Jonathan's bookshelf. So all we ask is that you go to the Inspiration from Zion social media and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this program, there we will select one person at random to receive a a unique volume and this month we actually if you go back to our first episode this month this month we are giving away uh, a a copy an autographed copy of a book called shadow strike by um, uh, Yaakov Katz the editor-in-chief of the Jerusalem report with whom we had a conversation at the beginning of the month We're tremendously grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're in the area and need something, please pop in or just go and say hi and thank them for helping make this program possible. Also, thank you to the COIN family for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges this episode, we are privileged and saddened to sponsor in in uh, memory of our friend Patty Aker's father who just passed. Um, we pray that she and her entire family will have comfort and strength um, and, and and years of 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 good feelings from uh, his memory. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at Inspiration from zion at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially for our questions about uh, programs about Judaism uh, and our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world and especially in Pakistan, I pray that you and your loved ones are safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains.